it's not what you know, it's who you know. It's also who knows who you are, your reputation and how you show up in this world to serve other people. I am so excited for this conversation, uh, selfishly for myself, <laughs> but y'all are going to so enjoy this because I had the amazing honor and opportunity to pick up this book that I'm holding, Endless Referrals, that led me into this world of this man that is bringing so much light into our world for how he is literally changing how everyone does business in healthcare, in business, and everything in between. Author and fellow National Speaker Association colleague of mine, Bob Berg, is here with us today to share how he's changing the world and most importantly, how he's helping you to change your world and the world that you live in. So without further ado, my friend Bob Berg, welcome to the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast. Wow. Hi, Adam. It's so great to be with you. Thank you. It's an incredible honor. So y'all listening probably in healthcare, but you know, I'm a professional speaker through NSA, the National Speakers Association. I know most of you aren't in that world, but this guy is an icon, living legend. So it's such an honor. Thank you so much for for being here to speak with us today. Well, you're you're very kind, and you're giving me a a real lot of credit. I appreciate that. Um, you know, uh, very very humble just to hear you speak that way, and it it means a real lot to me. Thank you. You're most welcome, and it's the, it's the real talk. It's it's the truth, man. You have helped so many people and and businesses. And, and like I said in the intro, I found you through this book, Endless Referrals, and it was so incredible because I started implementing it immediately in, in my coaching business and building my personal brand and everything that I do. Then I reached out to you on LinkedIn and we started talking. And this guy doesn't just share this stuff because it sounds good. He lives it. I talked with him on LinkedIn. A couple of days later, if y'all are watching the video, I get this handwritten thank you card <laughs> in the mail from this dude in Florida, little old me. But just just absolutely incredible. Uh, just from reading this book and implementing what you teach, and that's the key is implementing it. It's helped me a lot and helped a lot of other people as I've shared what I've learned in that. So while this is the book that introduced me to you, you've also written a ton of other books as well, including co-authoring an international bestseller, The Go-Giver. Now, Bob, I love a lot of things about you in the short amount of time that I've been in your world. But one of them is your commitment to inspire the entrepreneurial spirit in us all. Now, everyone listening is a pharmacist, healthcare leader for most of us. And a lot of times when they hear entrepreneurial spirit, they say, no, 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 I'm not in business. I'm not trying to run a business. I'm not trying to own a business. I want to stay in my lane. And that's it. However, you encourage a little different approach. So when you encourage an entrepreneurial spirit in people who don't label themselves as entrepreneurs per se, how exactly do you do that? And why is this important for everybody to level up their life, to live a life worthy of the calling they have received? Yeah, you know, it's a it's a great question that you ask, Adam, because yes, you're you're absolutely right. You don't have to be an entrepreneur to be entrepreneurial. Um, you know, we think of an entrepreneur as that business owner, a person who has gone into business for themselves. They've invested money, uh, theirs as well as others, maybe, and their end customer is the customer, right? And, and it's everything rises and falls on that. Um, 
so what if someone's not a business owner? What if they're not an entrepreneur? What if they are a uh, uh, a leader? What if they're a technician? What if they are uh, accounts receivable? It doesn't matter. The idea is that you still have got to bring immense value to others. And that's what entrepreneurs do. You know, when I speak at sales conferences, I'll often begin by saying that nobody's going to buy from you or do business with you uh, because you have a quota to meet. Right? Yes. No one's going to buy from you because you need the money and no one's going to buy from you just because you're a nice human being. They're going to buy from you or do business with you uh, because they believe that ultimately they will be better off by doing so than by not doing so. And, and that's fine. That's how it should be. I, I wouldn't expect anything else. Now, you may not be an entrepreneur, but you are an intrapreneur. You're an mm -hmm. entrepreneur in another organization. And it's important to understand that nobody is going to hire you and pay you a salary or the board of directors isn't going to keep you on if you're CEO because, you know, you would like this job or you have a mortgage to pay or because you're a really nice person, right? It's going to be because they believe that ultimately you bring more value to the organization than how they're compensating you. Yes. Okay? And everyone should win. Um, now, as an entrepreneur, your end client might not be the client or your end customer might not be the customer, but it's the people you lead. It's your colleagues, the people you work with. It's that person in the other silo, right, who nobody can seem to really deal with effectively. But because of the way you are able to do so, you're able to 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 bring information, attain information, as well as share with that person and, and create a better world and a better culture and a better. And all these things you're doing as an entrepreneur is serving the organization, which ultimately ends up serving the end user uh, or customer or client. So same thing, just different titles. I love that. And, and that concept of value, we've heard that a lot. And my audience as a speaker, I speak to pharmacists, healthcare leaders on working together, interprofessional collaboration, really breaking the barriers that are stopping us from providing optimal care to our patients. Mm -hmm. And this whole concept of adding value oftentimes gets misinterpreted as but Adam, I'm not in sales. I'm not right. selling products. I'm not selling this. But what I tell them is that you're selling ideas. You're mm -hmm. selling counseling advice. Don't do this. Yeah. Do this instead. Let's look at your medication regimen, things along those lines. And, and yeah. one of the things that people push back on is value. I don't do sales. And entrepreneur, that, that's not who I am. I'm not in business. But one of the things that you deliver so beautifully is that the entrepreneurial spirit of being the go-giver is not something you have to contort and make unnatural. It's actually human nature. So sure. can you touch a little bit about that? So, so two prongs to this question. Can you touch a little bit about that drive, that internal desire mm -hmm. to serve others? But then if this is new for people or they've heard this before and it's not clicking for them, uh -huh. how do they go about finding a mentor who is quality and, and more importantly, yeah. what do you avoid? <laughs> because I know there are a lot yeah. of people that kind of read something and regurgitate it rather than actually living that out in their own life. So there are a few things to unpack and they're all very important. And, and I want to, if I can go back to the word value for just a moment, and then Please. let's take it forward to what you had just asked. 
let's define value because unless we all come at it from the same premise, we'll all interpret it differently, right? Right. And it's one of those words value that people say, and there could be 10 different people. There are 10 different definitions, right? So I define value as the relative worth or desirability of a thing, of something to the end user or beholder. Okay. Got it. What's now, the outcome? Price, yeah, exactly. So there's, there's price and there's value. Many people think it's the same. It's not. In fact, it's the differential, which makes all the difference. Let's look at it from the point of view of a pharmacist. Okay. Just in this example, uh, you have a customer and uh, there are some prescriptions and you need to fill them and there's a certain price and great. And you're giving them great value just through helping them, uh, you know, know what to do, how to do it. Great. Okay. But what's the value that you're really providing that person? Uh, aside from being that medium to them becoming healthier and, and, and so forth or whatever they're using it for, you're giving them time, attention, counsel, education, hmm. empathy, right? Yes. You're helping them build confidence. You're making them feel good about themselves. They know that they have someone who's on their side, who's rooting for them. Everything about that buying experience, okay, is adding value, relative worth or desirability to that relationship, to that exchange, okay? And so that's what's so important. And you don't have to be a pharmacist. You can be anybody. As a leader, you're giving the people who follow you the same, that same thing, Uh, right? So it it really doesn't matter. But that's how we want to focus that when we talk about giving value. Okay, that's what we want to do. How do we make every single experience? How do we bring excellence to it? How do we bring consistency to it? How do we bring attention to it? How do we bring gratitude to it? (laughs) Right. And this is the differentiator between this healthcare professional and you. Correct. Okay. Okay. So that that's the value part. Now, uh, before the mentor part, you would ask about something else. Yes, human nature. How being an entrepreneur isn't nature. That's not what I'm trained for. So so here's here's the two things. There's two aspects of human nature. It's from the buyer side and the professional side. The buyer side, we kind of talked about, and that is everything they're going to do in their their relationship with you and in their transactions, interactions, what have you, is based on what they believe is best for themselves. It is deadly to not understand that (laughs) it's deadly to your business to not understand that every single prospective customer or client or person you're working with or what have you is ever going to do anything contrary to what they believe is in their best interest that's not a bad thing that's just human nature and it's important we understand it that what that means and this is right the third law of from the go-giver, the law of influence says what? Your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first. No, not in a, a self-sacrificial way or a doormatty way or a martyrish way. No, but it's yeah. as Joe, the protege in the story, learned from several of the mentors, the golden rule of business, of sales, of leadership, of influence is what? All things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to and follow and want to be in relationship with those people they know, know like, like trust. And trust. And there's no faster, more powerful, or more effective way to elicit those feelings toward you from others than by genuinely 
and authentically moving from that I focus or me focus to that other focus, looking for ways to, as Sam, one of the mentors in the story advised Joe, make your win all about the other person's win. So that's human nature from the other person's side. Now, how does human nature work within the entrepreneur or intrapreneur? Well, you know something, Adam, as human beings, it's part of our nature to want to make a difference. Yes. To want to to bring value to the world. Contribution. To know that we may, uh, contribution, absolutely. Now, as entrepreneurs and as entrepreneurs, as healthcare professionals, well, tend to do that through your work. That doesn't mean you can't be involved in other kinds of things. That's fine. But most of the time is spent in work. Okay. And that's generally how we bring ourselves, how we bring our value to the world. Right. So, so it's absolutely human nature to want to. And this is why I think the message of the go giver took off because it basically said to people, yes, you can place your focus on making other people's lives better and make a really, really great income. Yes. So I, I yep, think that's yep. the human nature aspect of it. And then, you know, regarding mentorship, finding a mentor. Well, I, I mean, I think it really comes down to understanding that a mentor-protege relationship is just that. It's a relationship. And it it takes time to build. And sometimes I think the younger people will will approach someone who they respect and just say, hey, will you be my mentor? And what that does is it, you know, first of all, if you want this person to be your mentor, there's a good chance a lot of other people want them to be their mentor and they only have so much time, right? And when you say, will you be my mentor? It's sort of like saying, hey, will you share 30 years or 40 years of your life's experience with me, even though you hardly know me, right? And so it may come across as entitled, or it certainly doesn't distinguish you from anyone else. But you can certainly approach this person and do it in a way where you might say, uh, you know, I know you're very, very busy. So if this is something you don't have time to do, or for whatever reason would rather not, I'll absolutely understand. I'm, I'm just wondering if I may ask you one or two very specific questions. Now, Beautiful. when you do that, you've, you've positioned yourself totally differently. First, you were deferential, you were respectful, you you implied correctly that you understand this is a big ask, okay? Secondly, you gave them an out or back door, right? You, you said if you don't have time or for whatever reason, I call this the law of the out or back door, which simply says the bigger the out or back door you give someone to take, the less they'll feel the need to take it because yes. they understand that you are respectful of their time and of, you know, right? So they feel more comfortable. Third thing, most maybe, well, I don't know if the most important, but certainly important is rather than just ask, can I pick your brain, which is what lots of people ask. Oh, yeah. Right which tells them uh, this is going to be a time waster. They are, instead, can I ask you one or two very specific questions? This says to them, okay, this person knows what they want to ask. They have an agenda, uh, agenda using a positive sense in this. In the, in this right, right. Uh, and it's not going to take up a lot of my time. So they'll usually, not always, but usually that person's going to say, sure, you know, go ahead. Now you, you have a conversation with them. Of course, you've researched them thoroughly. So you, you would never ask a question that you could have found out through, you know, reading an article or seeing something, you know, you, you know what you're going to ask and that it's, um, 
And then you don't take up much of their time. You do it and then you make sure that you let them know at the end, thank you so much. This is just invaluable. I look forward to applying this right away. Uh, may I keep in touch and just let you know how things are going? You Well, you know, they're going to go, yes, please do. Let me know how things are going. Now, the minute you get off the phone, my suggestion would be that you write them a handwritten personal, you knew what I was going to say, right? Yeah. Handwritten blue personalized pen. note, right? With blue, blue ink and, and, and just a very short, you know, a dear Mr. or Ms. So-and-so, thank you again. Your time and, and advice was invaluable. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. I look forward to applying it right away and we'll, we'll follow up to let you know, you know, best regards, put it in, in a, an envelope, hand stamp it, not a meter machine, hand stamp, send it out. You might also and this is a really nice touch, send a small donation to their favorite charitable cause, which of course you can wow. find online or you can ask their admin, whatever. And you, you make the donation in their name. Mm -hmm. uh, it'll get back to them. And, and you're, not, you're not doing that to kiss up or anything, but just to, again, show you, you're, you're, you're giving value to them. You're showing them that, yes, you appreciate their time and that you want to be able to do something that's going to make a difference in their world. Being a class act. Bob, I just have to commend you. You have such a keen ability of taking these big questions that get people in these loops of overwhelm and frustration and insecurity, and you distill them down into easy to implement actions. That's what I love about you and, and what I've heard in this, read in this book and hear in your voice and all the content that I've been consuming since I've encountered you is that's the magic is you take these simple things and you give people simple action steps to implement them. So just to go back on a couple of things that you had said is it's not really about what you do, like sending the thank you card asking. It's really about the heart posture. And, and I think that's really where all of this comes from is it's more blessed to give than to receive. If you show up and you say, gimme, 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 people will especially, so if you're going after a mentor, going after meaning learn from, not like in a, right. <laughs> you know, a front of way, but they have a ton of value. That's very clear. But if you approach it in a very specific and respectfully calculated sense of awareness of this mm -hmm. is my intention, but I don't want you to feel obligated. Right it's going to allow them to authentically give and pour into you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when you respect that time, instead of, oh, well, how about this? Oh, well, how about this? That's what I found from ment getting mentors and also having people approach me. That's one of the the, the no-nos is do what you say. And if you do have more follow-up, be respectful of their time and allow them to lead through that. Yeah. Now, and the neat thing is, you know, a couple of weeks after that first conversation, a few weeks afterwards, you might follow up and uh, whether it's text, email, phone, however they've at, you know, whatever, and you might have another question and they're going to answer. And it might, you know, it might be a short conversation might be, and then maybe a few, and you don't know, this could turn into a long-term mentor protege relationship or not. It might yes. be that was the one or two conversations you're going to have and somebody else, you know, I myself have never had one ongoing mentor that was like for years and years, but there's been people along the lines where it's been a few weeks, a few months or, or what have you, a number of meetings um, and things I've done with, with others as I, you know, and the point is go through the process the right way, but don't be attached to the, outcome. there it is, you know, there it is. Saying? Go through the process. That's where you make the progress. Right. And that, that that's so, so key. Yeah, attachment. And having that intention that this, this person is in your life for a season 
for a reason. So respect that, go through that, and, and that will help. And one of the other tips that kind of clicked for me when I was reading your book and, and talking with you is instead of trying to have this, this fake showing up of, oh, I'm going to help you and then kind of create this aura of, oh, I did this for you, so you owe me. Instead, figure out what's most important to that person, authentically help them from mm -hmm. a place of unconditional service, not tit for tat. I did this. You owe me exactly. because mm -hmm. no one wants that. No one yeah. wants that. No, so it's a turn off. Yeah. when you give that unconditional, I think that's so key. And you, you shared so much wisdom in this interview. And one of the things, a couple of things that you had touched on were, were regarding the laws that you have. So we talked about mentorship. If, if y'all want to get one of the best mentors, definitely go get the Go-Giver book. There will be a link for that in the show notes. So that's a book mentor that you can start with. And then definitely recommend connecting with Bob on LinkedIn. We'll have all of his contact information in the show notes as well. But to close this off, I think what you share is so powerful with the five laws that will bring anyone in any industry, whether you're a student, professional, or leader of a department, owner of a business, five laws that will bring you both personal effectiveness and professional success, success being fulfillment rather than just empty achievement. Right. So can you share what those five laws are? Because I think they're, they're absolutely brilliant. Oh, thank you. So, and you know, I had a wonderful co-author, John David Mann, who was really the lead writer and storyteller. You know, this guy's, I'm a how-to guy. He's just a magnificent uh, writer. And also he was a great entrepreneur. So it was a really fun collaboration. Um, and the five laws themselves are the laws of value, compensation, influence, authenticity, and receptivity. We talked a little bit about the law of value, and that's just the effort you make to make every experience with that other person so, so fantastic that they always come away feeling like they received more, right, than what yes. they gave, while both of you profit. And that's very key. OK, because it's not about giving something away and, uh, you know, again, being uh, being self-sacrificial. It's both parties. And here's the key. Both parties coming away better off afterwards than they were beforehand. Yeah. Sometimes that takes the form of finance and other times it doesn't. OK. Yes. Uh, the law of compensation says your income is determined by how many people you serve and how well you serve them. So this says that it's not just a matter of the value you provide, though that's very important, uh, but it's how many lives you impact. Very there it key. is. Law number three, we, we discussed the, the law of influence. Your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first. Again, in in so far as you're building that know, like, and trust relationship, we need to remember in their minds, it's always about them. <laughs> uh, law is. number four, the law of authenticity says the most valuable gift you have to offer is yourself. Uh, and in this part of the story, the, the mentor, Deborah, stated that all the skills in the world, the sales skills, technical skills, people skills, leadership skills, all the skills, important, very important. But they're also all for naught if you don't come at it from your true authentic core. Mm. When you do, when you show up as yourself day after day, week after week, month after month, people feel good about you. They feel comfortable with you. They feel they feel safe. Yes. With, 
And why wouldn't they? That kind of consistency inspires and maintains trust. You know, I think even with the word authenticity, that's one of those words like value, right? It, it almost is so used that it, it's lost its, you know, its, its meaning. Right. Uh, and I think, uh, you, you know, you see today, especially on the internet, authenticity seems to be, in my opinion, confused with having no boundaries, just mm. saying whatever you please, because, well, I'm being authentic, aren't I? And I don't think that's necessarily true. Uh, you know, this is like the person who says, well, I have anger issues and I yell at people a lot. And if I were to act any differently, that wouldn't be authentic of me. And that's baloney. That's that's hogwash. Uh, it simply means that person has an authentic problem that they need to authentically work on in order to become a better, higher, more effective, authentic version of themselves. So we never want to confuse authenticity with with not growing. And yes, being our best. You know, my I have a very simple definition of authenticity, and that is it's acting congruently with your values. Mm. As long as you're doing that, that's good. Authentic. Uh, but that certainly doesn't mean you just say or do whatever you want because, you know. So, and then there's the law of receptivity, law number five, which says the key to effective giving is to stay open to receiving. And this really means nothing more, Adam, than understanding that, yeah, you breathe out. You also have to breathe in. It's not yes. one or the other, right? It's both. It's an and. You breathe out carbon dioxide. You breathe in oxygen. You breathe out, which is giving. You breathe in, which is receiving. Despite the messages of lack that the world around us seems to, to give us on a constant basis, giving and receiving are not opposite concepts, but merely two sides of the very same coin. And they work together in tandem. It's not, are you a giver or a receiver? It's you're a giver and a receiver. But what you know is that the giving does come first. This is universal law. These are laws of nature. Yeah, human nature, but also physical nature. We we plant before we harvest. Uh, we sow before we reap. But we need to be able to, you know, once we've set this in motion by giving immense value, to the lives of many by placing their interests first and coming from our true authentic core, we have now created what we call the benevolent context for mm. your success. And as the receiving comes to us, we need to allow ourselves to receive. That is so, so good. Uh, where this podcast began and where this brand started was people who are in healthcare to give, that, that's their authentic nature. They got in there mm -hmm. to help other people but they feel like self-care is selfish and taking receiving yes. is kind of giving people those things up. So with all the wisdom that you shared in this interview, which is incredible, I'm going to be re-listening and taking notes on this. Thank with you. all this wisdom, a lot of times the people that listen to this are overachievers. They, they have the authentic nature to want to give, to grow, and to thrive. And oftentimes they can get addicted to busyness and doing, and they wonder, is am I doing it the right? So a final question for you, Bob. Talking across the world to audiences of thousands of people, coaching, writing several books that are, you know, bestsellers all internationally. What would you say is the most common thing that people have good intentions, but they get trapped in trying to implement these things that you're talking about? Something to bring in awareness and, and kind of don't do this, do this instead. You know, I think it's like anything else that, that it's just taking action can sometimes be a little intimidating. And, and, you know, I re I remember Zig Ziglar saying uh, anything worth doing is worth doing poorly until you learn how to do it well. 
And of course, he wasn't saying to do something haphazardly. No, of course, we we, we don't want to do that. But what he meant was, you know, if we wait until we're, we're excellent before we begin, we're never going to begin. So in The Go-Giver, uh, Pindar, the main mentor to Joe, had one condition of mentorship and one condition only. And that was Joe had to apply the law that he learned that day. He had to apply it by the end of the day. He didn't have to apply it well. He just had to apply it. And, you know, when we do that, when we take that action, that is what allows us to grow. And that's what allows us to make that impact that we that we want to make. And when we continue to do it and continue to practice the right way, uh, we're going to get good at it. That's, you know, again, it's just one of those principles of life. Knowing without doing is the same as not knowing. Exactly. Beautiful. Bob, <laughs> thank you so much for your time and for sharing I just want, I'm going to have everything in the show notes, but where is the best place to connect with you? Your website, social media, where are you most active so that people can continue to learn more about your world and continue to learn from you? Thank you. Well, uh, the best place is Berg, B-U-R-G.com. I'm a simple guy, so I make things easy. <laughs> and at the website, um, you can find more information about the books and other, other resources. You can connect with me on social media. And I have a daily impact um, email that I send. Actually, it's daily, five days a week, Monday through Friday. Awesome. I will have all that in the show notes. Bob, thank you so much for being such an amazing, bright light in this world, for helping people to dispense their full potential, to be the best version of themselves, and to make this world a better place by the decision to do so ourselves. So thank you so much. It's been an absolute honor. This is Dr. Adam Martin signing off from the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast with the one and only Bob Berg. Go forth, be great, and dispense your full potential.